found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today we are going to be talking about a multitude of subjects. The first is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Rhymes with Hazel. And <laughs> that was a good show, too. <laughs> now, Mr. talk B. about a show for Mr. Boomers. B. Yeah, that's our audience. What else are we talking about? The economy. The economy. Because we are experts. And I, we play I the consider moment. myself an economist. <laughs> And we will also just put our toe in the water for our opinions for whatever they're worth about Sean Spicer being on Dancing with the Stars. It's an outrage. <laughs> I, am so, I have so much to say about that. Oh, I can't even sleep in this. <laughs> so, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Maisel. Here's what happened with me and that show. I saw the first half of the first episode and just decided it was not for me. Then I heard so many people talking about it. Mm -hmm. I decided I better just check it out again. Mm -hmm. So I watched the second half of the first episode. Mm -hmm. Then there were things like I got a pink grocery bag with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel printed on it. And then lo and behold, maybe a week or two later, it's Mrs. Maisel Day. Oh, right. Oh, that was pretty recent, Mrs. Maisel. Very, very recent. It was like two weeks ago. Right. And they, that was, I, I saw, let's see, there's, um, there's a haircutting studio right by where I live, and I passed it on that very day. There was a line of women outside, oh, right. and it turned out that that was the $2 Get a Mrs. Maisel haircut day. Oh, cool. Exactly. $7.99 or more. <laughs> and there was, uh, let's see, at a certain gas station you could get gas for 51 cents mm-hmm. so it was all 19 does it take place in the 50s uh, yeah i think late, late just 50s. on the cusp of the 60s almost coming That's up on I the thought. 60s because lenny bruce i think it's late 50s okay late 50s makes a little more sense mm-hmm. given the style of the, mm-hmm. the show and everything yeah and there were just all of these specials all around town there was some place that mel's drive-in i think you could get right. a hamburger and french fries and a malt for three dollars right it was crazy yeah and yeah i did texted you about the Bay Movie Theater. Oh, the movie Pacific theater. Palisades. That's what you've texted me you about. You see a movie for 51 cents. Yes. I know this from promotional material. Amy Sherman Palladino. Mm-hmm. Is that the right order? Mm-hmm. She based the Mrs. Maisel character on Joan Rivers. Well, I'm glad to hear that because that's what I thought right off the bat. Oh, really? I thought this looks like Joan Rivers, but Joan Rivers didn't live on the Upper West Side. She lived in Larchmont, but it's same, kind of the same thing, like an upper class Jewish enclave coming from a culture, subculture that would really be shocked to have a woman, probably a woman working at all, but especially a woman working as a standard comic. Oh, it's the next thing to being a prostitute. And her degree was in philosophy. And I think in Mrs. Maisel, her degree is in Russian literature. It's probably pretty close. Here's what happened when I was prepping for our discussion about The Marvelous Mrs. Mm -hmm. Last night, I watched what I thought was the second episode of the first season. And boy, was I confused because these people were going to France. There was all kinds of stuff Ah, going on. season two. I was in the second episode of the second season Mm -hmm. and could not figure out where I was in this. Right. Because I, I thought... How strange that her family just up and left and went to Paris. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the mother's problem is. I guess the mother has a problem. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was done with it and saw that I had watched the wrong episode. Mm. I will go back. Here's my thing about the series. I think she's adorable. Mm-hmm. I love the settings and the costumes. Yeah. Love, love, love. Love Alex Borstein. 
The thing that I can't get on board with is her comedy. I just oh. don't find her that funny. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I've only seen her like two or three times on stage. Maybe she's not supposed to be that funny yet because she's just starting out. Okay. Another thing that's very cool about that show is the music. I and, didn't notice that. And time. there was one episode in season one where it opened with uh, I Enjoy Being a Girl, which has always been one of my favorite songs. It's inappropriately sexist as it is. I just love the feel of it. It's so, from Flower Drum Song. Flower Drum Song, it's right. It's so upbeat, but it's a recent recording of it. So, going back to oh, Mrs. Yeah. Maisel. So, now your objection is that she's not that funny as a comic? It would be one thing if the audience wasn't with her. Right. But last night, I don't know if you remember this episode, she was going to her first gig where she was going to get paid. And okay. she's with Alex Borstein oh, and right. they're waiting and they're waiting and there are these two obnoxious comedians who right. are very mean to her. Yes, I remember and that And then one. she gets bumped and bumped and yep. bumped and finally yep. she's on. It's 12 o'clock. Yep. And she starts making fun of one of these comedians. Right. And the audience roared with laughter. Right. And right. not only that, half of them had left. I mean, they made yeah. a point of saying, you can't leave. I'm just going to go on right now. Right. This is my spot. So I just was put off by it. I was mm -hmm. put off by it. It's one thing if she's not supposed to be that good. But right. she, you know, Joan Rivers' comedy was very thought out. She was right. meticulous. She was mathematical. Absolutely. Yep. And in Mrs. Maisel, she was walking around with a microphone, making things up extemporaneously. She's very she, much improvisation, which yes. never really happens in, in the real stand-up world. Or you would have to be you would have to be Andy Kaufman or someone like that. Too. Right. Well, it's true. You have to forgive a lot in the factual uh, side of what stand up is about and what it how it works. You have to be. I think to be a good stand up, you have to be a bad stand up for at least two years, probably even more, until you get good. And she never went to that process through that process. But in the beginning episodes, it was her husband right. who was trying to pursue it and. She just seemed better at it, and she was able to write out the jokes and organize it all better, and she just had a head for it. And, and then she had her crisis happen, and she ended up on stage bearing her breasts to that audience in the village. And it, it's true. It's, it's, it's rare for someone to be that funny that early in yes. a, a stand-up career. Yes. So I think you just have to either go with that or not. But I could see how that could affect the believability, and then you would have trouble not checking out of the story. Yes. I'm going to give it another chance. I'm especially curious to watch the second episode of the first season so I can mm -hmm. really catch up, um, even though <laughs> a little bit is spoiled for me since I've seen a lot of plot happen from yeah. the first episode. The trip to Paris. Was... Trip to Paris made me so want to go to Paris. Made yeah. me so jealous of you. I am. Uh, made me jealous uh, of them. Yeah. And she goes in. I don't know if you remember this, but she goes in and shows him the apartment that she wants to buy. Right. Oh, my God. And it had a view of, oh, my God. Yeah, it was so so fantastic yeah. oh well um, I, you know i have friends who really recommended it highly and i i watched an episode or two and it ticks all the boxes for me you know that it should it's all it's song references to musical theater that i like and the fact that she's a joan rivers kind of character and Lenny Bruce and Joan Rivers was very strongly influenced by Lenny Bruce and so all of that I think is great but I did I had trouble getting into it in the first few episodes and I left it alone for a while but I think it's because I like shows that have killing and kidnapping and, oh. and it's not one of those no, shows it's not it's not a Swedish 
psychological no. crime story. So I have to just surrender to it being light. And it's, I don't know, I've come to really like it as I've allowed myself to watch more episodes. I like that the stories have long-term arcs. Uh-huh. Uh, the characters, too, you know, they, they have internal arcs of their characters that span even more than one season. But I agree with you. She doesn't seem hysterically funny. She seems good. And you get to see Susie, Alex Borstein's character, believing in her. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I just went, well, Susie knows. And Susie believes in her. So Susie has seen some nugget of something in her that shows yeah. great potential. So yeah. I think I just went with that. I'm going to pursue at least another couple of episodes. And one thing I have to mention is there is a fortune being spent on promoting this. Mrs. Maisel Day and all the rest of it. Well, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Is, they're breaking the piggy bank on yeah. this one. She, well, she won. I think she won the Emmy twice. Or she won, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, Brosnahan won the Emmy the first year. Yeah. And I think she won a Golden Globe or she may have. I'm sure she's up for another Emmy. Right. I was kind of curious about that. She didn't really affect me the first episode that I saw, but now that I've seen her in a later episode, mm-hmm. even though her humor isn't working for me, the rest of her performance is. Right. And that I like. Mm-hmm. I do have to mention one very, very dark series that I tried to watch called Succession. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's based on the Murdochs. Who are the Murdochs? Rupert Murdoch. Oh, Rupert Murdoch. Okay. I'm sorry. So it's about the Murdochs and the Murdoch family. And essentially, it's about people who are cruel and nasty to each other. Mm-hmm. I watched mm, a good 20 minutes of an hour episode. And I thought, mm, no, this is not for me. This is not something I'm going to stick with at all. But the objection wasn't about believability. It was just the it subject was just, matter was too dark so for you. so cruel to each other. Oh, There's, yeah. And it's all about power within the family. The old, eldest son thinks that he's going to be promoted to the head of the kingdom and isn't. Right. And the father just changes his mind, which is, I think, something that Rupert Murdoch did pull. Right. His, or he promised one son that he'd be doing one thing and then gave it to the other son. Or, I mean, it just it's a horrible family, and I don't mm. know why... Anybody would want to make a series about them, but that's one I'm going to not recommend. Shows about families like that do well. Like there's one about the well, Borgias. Sopranos was like oh, that. Oh, the Sopranos, yeah. It's like watching soap operas. We watch maybe because maybe we want to feel better about what we knew. I don't watch series like that. I can't yeah. stand that kind of cruelty. No, and even Orange is the New Black had that. It definitely right. had a power structure. Yeah, I, that's where I got turned off by a couple of early episodes because they were so brutally, yes, brutally mean to each other and enjoying it, you know, that it was hard to take. Well, most of them had the point where they crashed right and had to be redeemed that's right so that made it okay with me what's our next subject on the lighter side yes we were going to look at the recession in the stock market oh my goodness (laughs) well let's just jump on board there i believe there will be a recession i believe that we are just dipping our toe in it now I think a couple of things. One is that will be good for the presidential elections for Democrats. Mm -hmm. The other is it's going to be shit for us going forward because the, the trade wars are going to be paralyzing. I mean, they're they're paralyzing Germany. Germany can't sell cars to China. Mm. That's affecting them deeply. That's their biggest export. And it will start to ricochet around the world. So I'm not looking forward to this. I, I certainly don't look at this and say, well, that's great. I'm so glad that we're having a recession so that Trump will be affected by it. 
I am. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to expand on that? Well, I think if we have to suffer, we have to suffer. But if it helps get rid of Trump, so be it. But my concern as a not very knowledgeable person about how the economic system works is that we're getting hypnotized into creating a recession where one might not be necessary because it's it's just so much in the media and it's just like, oh, it's happening because the yield curve got inverted. And I don't know. I feel like there's a hypnotic effect going on right now where we're all expecting this thing. I'll just speak to myself of myself. I have no knowledge of underlying economic factors or forces, but I've I watch television. So now I'm expecting a recession for no good reason, except that television has told me that it's something we should expect. Well, there are signs, though, that economic growth is not as profound as it has been. Did you hear? They said that um, job growth was 20% less than what was reported a while back. Oh, really? Yeah. Another indicator. That doesn't surprise me because job numbers often get adjusted downward uh, yeah. after the fact, after they're reported. How do you know reported. this stuff? That's amazing. I read the you business read. section. Oh, my God. I'm not up to this. <laughs> show I can't, I can't I just can't hold my own I'm gonna have to start reading now that's the oh jeez <laughs> um no but it's well one of us has to yes that and very true as well and be it you. may as well be me <laughs> Where were we? Recession. Uh, hip- oh, recession. Hypnotic effect of media. Yes, but um, but there are there beats. are real. We've had the longest expansion in the history of the country, mm-hmm. and the facts are what goes up must come down. Right. The other indicator I saw today that is less than what it had been reported was economic growth, GDP growth. Yes. And it had been reported that it was three percent, which for this period of time is very high, and it was something Trump was very very much able to huh. tout as a sign of how well he's doing and it turns out that growth was 2.5 and I guess the difference between 2.5 and 3 when you're talking about numbers that low and you're talking about the health of the economy and gross domestic product is a big deal Mm -hmm. so those numbers even to me who doesn't quite get economics was like whoa things are not as good as we thought they were and and those numbers were like driving stock market prices up because everybody's going wee we're having a good time (laughs) yeah you know yeah and stock market prices are insanely not reflective of the economy right Right. I did read Krugman oh, about bonds, and he said that the bond market is where you should really look if you're wondering well, when bonds about... get stronger, the stock market usually gets weaker. Yeah, but there's something, too, about the uh, ability of the companies borrow a lot when they think the economy's going up, and so they issue a lot of bonds, and they stop borrowing when they think the economy's going down. And he said, rather than looking at equities and stocks, that if you watch the bond market, you'll see a lot of trends right now where businesses are pulling back and not investing because they're afraid they won't have the money. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So he said the bond market, and again, these are things that I don't have a great grasp on. They're not borrowing because they don't see growth. If they borrow money, they want to have the ability to to pay back more money. Yes. To not default, at least. Exactly. And hopefully to do better as a business. You're right. So they're not investing in the same way, which means that they hire fewer people, which means fewer people have money to spend. And that is the spiral. Right, right. I do think there's a hypnotic phenomenon happening where the way the media is reporting it is feeding into like a sound loop yes. and just kind of churning and churning and churning. And yes. we've all just agreed that there will be a recession by people believing that it's happening and stopping. They just yes. said that a new statistic that came out today was 
consumer, consumer confidence, confidence has gone down yes. just recently. And that's... It must have been recent because it was pretty high for... It's recent, like in the last week or two or something. Oh, okay. But I think it's confidence is going down because we're all watching the news and we're all hearing that a recession is coming. Even though employment is very strong. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the month's employment numbers are going to look like. I mm-hmm. haven't seen that yet. But that certainly is an indication of where we are in the economy mm-hmm. and how strong the economy is, is how the jobs numbers look. Right. So if they're weak, that's a real indication that we're starting to slow down. And a slowdown, you know, we're always promised a soft landing whenever these recessions come and they're, you know, we see the storm clouds. Presidents always say, we're going to have a soft landing. And Mm. it's never a soft landing. Yeah. There's always hardship. So that's why part of me is not thrilled to see this coming to be. But I'm with you. If it gets Trump out of office, if it's the Mm -hmm. three-legged stool that he stands on Mm -hmm. and one of those legs is missing, then I'm very happy. Oh, yeah. I would love struggle. I can't wait if it happens to see him in a debate with Elizabeth Warren. I don't think they're going to debate. I don't think think he'll refuse. There's no upside for him to debate. There's absolutely no upside for him. Yeah, same like kind of like what they did with the press briefings, just cancel them all altogether. Well, why why should he bother? Oh, there's an expectation, but but he's he's constantly not met expectations. Yeah, no, I could see that happening. No, I'm I'm pretty convinced that I mean certainly if it's Joe Biden, he won't do it. He may do it. He may do it with. Elizabeth Warren if he thinks that he can wipe the floor with her. Yeah, I think he'd be foolish to do it, but I think he's stupid enough to do it. I don't know, because he's got such a weak ego. I think he might feel like he had to do a debate to kind of show his strength. I don't think he feels that he... Would look at, he's, he doesn't want to look cowardly, even though he does, but he doesn't think he does. Well, he has a base. Yeah. The base is unshakable. Right. It, he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, right. and they would still vote for him. Right. So those people don't care if he debates Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Kamala. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're much more in the here and now than I am. I don't have a television set, so I only you read. I read. You can't hear, but you can't pronunciation yes, exactly. of a name on precisely. the page. Precisely my point. You should have Alexa read the news to you. <laughs> Do you think she would? I'm Alexa? sure she would. She's upstairs. I, Don't wake her. I'm, I'm going to show you something later that has to do with how we're tracked by our oh, devices. Our, our Alexa. Oh, yes. Yeah, Alexa's always listening. Always listening. We're <laughs> going to be enslaved by our technology. That's what I believe. We we don't need to worry about Putin. We don't need to worry about all of this business with climate change. We are going to be Alexa. enslaved by our technology. Alexa is the true enemy from within. <laughs> it's, I, oh, my God. She, But I swear to God, as robots go, they've given her this voice that makes you feel like you're okay. Okay. There's a softness to her voice and yet a firmness. It's a little like you're, you'd be a good Alexa. <laughs> it's got a, a round tone and it, it sounds kind it's of reassuring. reassuring. Yeah. Okay. I'll wake you up at 9 a.m. And I don't know. It's just like, well, thanks, Alexa. But she never says you're welcome. Oh, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe we need to program her. I've been thanking her and she rarely, if ever, she has never said you're welcome. Time to call Amazon. I took us all off topic. <laughs> what were we on? Uh, we were on the economy. And now we're going to talk about Sean Spice. And oh my dancing God. with the stars. Sean Spicer. <laughs> I remember him. Now, here's my big question. Is Melissa McCarthy going to come back to Saturday Night Live and do Sean Spicer oh. on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, maybe. One can only hope that that will be the season opener. He's so out of the zeitgeist now. I mean, when I read it or heard it, I had trouble kind of picturing him. It's Really? It's been, what, it's only been like two years, I guess, since he was gone or less. But at first I said, Sean Spicer, Sean Spicer, which one was he? And then I kind of remember him. The one indelible memory I have of him was 
right after the inauguration when he yelled at the press corps for implying, for having the um, audacity. audacity to imply that the crowds at the inauguration were lower than what they had been for we're Obama. Not, well, and he were he, not the greatest crowds ever. And that's right. And he took them to task and yelled at them, literally yes. yelled at them. Yeah. And you knew it had to be someone like Kellyanne Conway said, you have to go out there and yell at him. <laughs> I yell at them so that they know that we're strong. And uh, oh, I always assume that was just that. Trump. That Trump was the one who was yelling at him, maybe, and I saying don't know. that I... we had the greatest crowds ever. And don't you tell me different? Well, yeah, maybe. Little man. Yeah. I just I haven't really watched Dancing with the Stars for a while, but I guess the thing is when you don't have any innate talent, which one can only assume that he doesn't, mm-hmm. you better be paired with somebody who's great on your, your the, dance the, team. The, uh, dancing. Well, they give them good. They give them good partners, don't they? They do. Some are better than others, oh, okay. though. I mean, some are they setting him up to fail. Oh, that would be well. Fun. That would be worth watching. He's trying to rehabilitate his career, right? That's what we can assume. Isn't he a commentator? Is on he already Fox? on Fox? Oh, I, okay. I just assumed he was on there. I, you know I don't who's watch going Fox. to Fox next? Of course, Sarah Sanders. Yes. Oh, she'll be great though. In an evil way, she'll be fantastic. Oh, I know, and I may have to watch her because there's because... no. She has this uncanny ability. I've never seen someone lie with such conviction, conviction. where you feel guilty for even suggesting that it might be a lie. I don't know how she does that. It's frightening, but it's, it's impressive. It's only what I can call the Nazi psyche. Well, and having known a pathological liar or two, that's what patho- pathological liars do. They believe it. They believe their own lie, and they are incensed to have you question it at all. So, yeah, you know, no. she just fits the profile. She's really. going to be I worth watching. Yeah, it will be, but I shouldn't lift her up in some way like she's impressive. She's just pathological. Yes. That's all it is. It's it's, well, it's, it's everyday. Part of, part of her... It's an everyday pathology. There's nothing special about her, really. Except she has a big platform. Yes, that's right. But eventually, she wasn't even having press conferences. Right. So that was strange. Yeah. She just yeah, the press decided not to do that. To press. Yeah, except to say how upset Trump was about mm-hmm. this, that, or the other thing, mm-hmm. about which he was clearly gleeful. Right. About children being in cages and, oh, God. and all of that business. Charles Blow put a nice article out editorial, you probably read it because it's New York Times, about the glee that the Trump base people take when they hear about hardships of immigrants being treated in our, deten- yes. our, in our detention camps. Yes. And that it's not just that they accept it or tacitly approve of it. They have in their psychology this need to see people punished. And so when Trump does something that makes hardships even worse than they already are, they love it. There was a, a study that was being done of, of rural women, women who may actually have democratic values, but are living in an environment where people have voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. So what this study found was that seeing photographs of children in the cages Mm -hmm. really made no difference to them. They they didn't feel... The needle didn't move. No, exactly. Hearing them did make a difference Uh because they could imagine their child crying. Making that sound. Yes. Oh, interesting. But they differentiated uh-huh. between the way the children looked and the way the children sounded. Right. Even though they were, a lot of them were speaking Spanish. Fascinating. Yes. Well, but that's what Blow, Charles Blow was saying about and the, that's the folks what, that are with Trump on this brutality at the border. Well, it's the cruelty is the point. It's yeah. not. It's not because a they byproduct. deserve it. They need to be punished. Yes. Is this mindset? That's right. And I think that that's Stephen Miller's mindset. The yeah. the policies that he's putting in place right. are to punish these people. Right. They say it's a deterrent, but it's not a deterrent. Yeah. What they're doing is specifically what they want Punishment. to do. They want to see people suffer. That's right. Yeah, I'm afraid that's true. I, you know, I don't mean to paint with a broad brush 
bunch of people that I haven't met, but I think that's part of it. I, I think know. we can be pretty sure that that's I part guess of it. So. You know, Stephen Miller, too, he's got this weird thing about don't question us. Like a lot of times when he makes yes. one of his edicts, one of his big announcements, it's like, we're doing this and we will not be questioned. Yes. Or the president will not be questioned. Well, he has a little psychosis of his own, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, something weird going on with that guy. Yeah. But boy, he found his niche. He sure did. You know. He did. And, you know, what's interesting is that he was really junior to Steve Bannon. And Bannon left. And That's here right. And Stephen Miller. Filling the vacuum. Filling the void. Yeah. And going along and gaining steam as yeah. he goes. And more of a background force. Like, in the early part of the administration, they trotted him out a lot. And I think even they must have recognized that it wasn't really helping because no. he was so melodramatic people were just kind of confused I think the word is creepy creepy yeah yeah I think that people looked at him and saw his little reptilian soul on camera and said ooh even the Trumpers I guess were like a little maybe put off which is surprising I but just they must have been he... or they would be touting him out more Someone hit him hard as a kid, I think, or something happened to him. Well, you know, his story is that he went to Santa Monica. Oh, and he was bullied, right? Yes, because he was such an oddball and had these very conservative and very retro Mm. attitudes and beliefs. He was just a misfit from the get-go. Right. And he probably has felt very misunderstood and very much wanting to get back at the people who Mm -hmm. bullied him. Mm -hmm. And this is his way of doing it. Right. Well, we could psychologize all of the members of the yes. administration in the cabinet, but let's not do that. Okay. Let's say goodbye, boomers. It's time for us to go. There's a margarita in my future. And that means there's a margarita in my future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, boomers and friends. Thank you. Thanks. See you next time. Bye. Bye.